This is the Purpose Podcast, Episode 1. You're listening to The Purpose Podcast, where our goal is to help you grow through inspirational stories from amazing people who live and work all around the world. For more information about the interviews you're hearing, please visit thepurposepodcast.com. And now, here's your host, Brian Gay. Well, welcome, everybody, to The Purpose Podcast, where it's our hope that you will grow, be inspired, and connect with individuals from around the world who will be coming to our next GIC. Uh, The GIC is an event that we host every three years here at First Baptist Montgomery. Our next one coming up is in February of 2017. And we are so excited bringing individuals from the United States and from around the world to be able to be part of this special event here at First Baptist Church in Montgomery, Alabama. The, uh, by the way, getting some housekeeping out of the way, uh, please be sure to visit thepurposepodcast.com. That's www.thepurposepodcast.com. And uh, we'll redirect you there to any show notes that we may have for the recent episodes and and just uh, be able to also lead you to the GIC website. Uh, alternatively, you can also visit GIC2017.com or MontgomeryFPC.org. And any of those websites will be able to give you information about our events coming up. And today, I'm really excited to be able to introduce you to this first interview for the podcast. It happens to be with my father, Larry Gay. Uh, He has served all over the world in a number of areas, and you'll get to hear more about that in this podcast interview. But um, I hope that you will enjoy. Please let us know if you have any ideas for future questions or information. And again, to find out more about the interviews you're hearing here on the podcast or to find more about uh, our upcoming GIC, please be sure to visit thepurposepodcast.com. So without any further ado, here's our interview with Larry Gay. All right. Well, welcome, everybody, to the first episode of the Purpose Podcast. And today I'm so glad to have on with me my father, Larry Gay. So welcome to the show, Dad. Thank you. It's good to be with you, Brian. Well, that's I know there's a lot of people out there that may not know your whole story, um, and so mm. if you don't mind, maybe just start off a little bit of tell us you know, where it is that you uh, have served in the past and kind of what your roles were in that in those jobs. Wow. Well, our, our experience uh, as foreign workers started uh, in 1977 when we went out as uh, journeymen with IMB, what was then Foreign Mission Board, the FMB. Uh, we were, in fact, at the uh, 1976 Southern Baptist Convention as messengers to that convention when a thing called Bold Mission Thrust was launched. And um, we um, responded with not just our vote, but also with our boots to uh, <laughs> say that we uh, uh, were willing to not just authorize Southern Baptists to do that, but we wanted to be a part of it. And so uh, uh, we went straight to the FMB booth and we... Uh, uh, let them know of our volunteering to be able to go overseas and that we were interested in the journeyman program. We were still young enough to do that. And the next summer, uh, after a long selection process, we actually uh, became journeymen. So we were assigned to go to Venezuela, spent two wonderful years there, and then um, came back, spent uh, three years in Texas. That's when uh, you and your, your second brother, your, your next brother, were uh, born. While we were there doing some seminary studies, and we were also uh, working in uh, uh, local church, and then doing some um, 
additional work in media to get us ready to go back overseas again as career. And in 1982, we were appointed to go as career broadcast media consultants for uh, Mexico and spent a total of 15 years there. Uh, but about halfway through our time there, we uh, started getting more involved in strategic leadership roles. Uh, so in 1998, 97, I guess it was, we um, uh, then were asked to move back to Western South America, where I was a uh, regional leader for uh, five countries, um, uh, Ecuador, Bolivia, Peru, Chile, and Argentina. Uh, spent right. seven years there and uh, had a wonderful time working with a great team of people that were trying to reach the unreached peoples of those five countries, trying to penetrate farther and farther into the uh, those areas, and then after seven years there, we uh, stayed on the equator, but the next landmass is in Asia, and we ended wow. up, uh, lived about a, um, almost a year in Cambodia, where I was doing some uh, shepherding of uh, teams, a very young team that was working there, and we were trying to uh, give them a little bit of mentorship and direction, and then uh, more and more, we moved into a role of um, personnel uh, we called it uh, Administrative Associate for Personnel Development and uh, spent uh, almost five years in Asia doing that. From there, we moved back to the States for a few years. We thought it was going to be a three-year stint where we'd be working with our personnel selection team. Um, and um, that ended up being a five-year stint that actually turned into seven years that we spent in the States. Um, we were asked to, to, to do another job after we finished that one and then asked to do still another job after that one. And uh, that got us, I'm not sure if all that adds up, but I think all that adds up to about 35, a little over 35 years. Wow. So literally went all over the world during that time. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, um, <clears throat> we didn't live all over the world, but uh, we circumnavigated the globe a couple of times, yeah. Yeah, sounds like it. So where, now, where did you actually grow up? Because I think that that's going to be of interest to a lot of people that are listening to this. Yeah, well, you know, there's some question about whether I have actually grown up yet. But um, <laughs> but I, I got my start in Alabama. I was actually born in Sylacauga, Alabama. Uh, Susan was born in Fairfield. And my family moved to Birmingham when I was about nine years old. So I really call Birmingham home. Uh, and uh, Susan and I grew up about... 10 miles apart until we finally met when she was 15 and I was 18 when we met. Wow. And, and so adding it up a little bit, you know, 1976 is when you kind of first felt that call. But did you, you were you involved in ministry before that? Yeah. yeah. And in fact, really, my call really goes back way before 96. Um, actually, I saw a uh, slide presentation. What? I will date myself now, um, a film strip presentation. Uh, okay, hold on, wait, 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 what's a film strip? <laughs> okay, some media history here. Film strip, you know, it's 35 millimeter film on an uncut, uncut strip, half frames, where it would roll through the projector and you would see, um, you know, one frame at a time. And in this case, there was actually an audio recording that went with it uh, so you would you would 
you know, hear a ding on the recording and you would advance the slide manually to the next slide, advance to the next okay. slide. So um, that was a real popular teaching tool in churches in the 60s and uh, 70s, early 70s. So, um, so I saw that slide presentation, uh, film strip on the very first journeyman group that went out in 1965. And I saw that and I said, I can see me doing that. I really want to do that. And so, um, sure enough, 12 years later, we, we went out as journeymen. I, you know, I think God was putting that in my heart already, but even before that, uh, he had begun putting in my heart a, uh, a sense that there would be some kind of full-time ministry for him. When I was 15 years old, I responded to um, an invitation at a revival, actually, in which I said, um, I really thought God's calling me to uh, some kind of vocational ministry, but I don't know for sure what it is. I think maybe music will have a part in it, but I'm not committing myself to a music ministry. I'm just committing myself to, to serve the Lord wherever he wants me, whatever he wants me to do. And so, you know, put all that together. When that opportunity came in 1976 then, and we heard that clarion call at that convention to... Um, to be a part of something really, really big, we said, yeah, that's, that's exactly what we want to do. Uh, God had been working in our lives prior to that, preparing us for that moment, so it just made sense when that call came. We said, yes, this is us. Okay, so I guess the next question is, after having been through you know, all that, um, you know, feeling your call even at that early age, all the way back to that film strip, um, you know, what... Um, what was it that that really made you sense the call to want to go international specifically, you know, what versus just working here and working with people across the street? Yeah, I, I heard multiple missionaries, multiple leaders harping on the thing in those days about you know, ninety five percent of the world's preachers are preaching to five percent of the world's population. What about that other 95%? Uh, I would hear things like that, or I would hear about, you know, um, how many preachers uh, there were for how many believers in the United States and how many believers there were compared to non-believers and how many people had the opportunity to hear the gospel and how many times they could hear the gospel in their life compared to people overseas who had never heard the gospel or never had an opportunity. And, you know, all of that uh, began uh, working on my mind you know, and, and my heart so that um, when, you know, when, when I started thinking about, is it right for me to stay here? In fact, it came to the point, I think, where I started feeling less and less comfortable in the United States uh, where there was so much opportunity for gospel. And, and I was working, uh, even in 1976, I was in full-time church work. And um, and I realized I was surrounded by believers. Everywhere that I went, I was surrounded by believers. And it was I, I had to work at finding an opportunity to have relationships with people who were not believers. Mm-hmm. And was it right for me to be spending so much time and energy here doing that when there were other people overseas 
who didn't have anyone to share with them. And, you know, I would hear from missionaries the stories of how hungry people were uh, to, to hear the gospel. And I thought, they're hungry and I've, I've, I've got a plate full here. Why can't I go share mm-hmm. my plate full with them? Yeah, like, you know, our pastor always has told me that here in Alabama and specifically in Montgomery, you know, you have to trip over a lot of Christians and a lot of churches to go to hell from Montgomery, Alabama. Yeah. But when you go somewhere else, like in the 1040 window, that, that part between 10 degrees and 40 degrees latitude where there are so many, you know, millions and, and even billions of lost people there, um, you know, you can go miles and miles and miles without ever finding uh, a Christian to tell you about the gospel. So yeah, and, that and, really makes a lot of sense. And, and while that is changing here, I mean, you know, I have actually in Montgomery, I have met someone who when I shared the gospel with him, it was like that's the first time I've ever heard that. You mm-hmm. know, someone who uh, did not was not taken to church. There are a few of those. Most of them are people who perhaps have moved here from other parts of the country, perhaps. But there are people who've grown up here who were not taken to church. And though they had an opportunity to hear the gospel, they have not really heard it. And I'll accept that. But the thing of it is, there is lots and lots and lots of opportunity. I mean, you know, I can pick up more than one radio station that's broadcasting gospel or gospel music 24 hours a day. I, I can, on my television, pick up, you know, at least two or three channels and I'm not even on cable, that, that have, you know, the opportunity to hear the gospel. Now, whether people are tuning to those channels or not, that's another story. But the point but is, they do have it accessible to them. And there are churches, you know, almost on every corner, any brand of church, any style of worship you want to go to, uh, you know, big church, little church, country church, city church. You, you've got every variety of opportunity here. Mm. where people overseas do not have that opportunity in many exactly. places. And my thought was I wanted uh, uh, two things. I wanted to have that opportunity like Paul in chapter 15 of Romans when he says, you know, he wants to go and preach the gospel where it hasn't been heard before. I wanted to have that opportunity. And um, the, the, the other side of that is that I wanted to be a part of something Excuse me. I, I wanted to be a part of something big, to be real honest. Uh, I never had the attitude that I had to be the one up in front preaching to great crowds of people necessarily. Uh, I didn't mind, uh, you know, if I was going to be the, the dishwasher or the handyman or any other way that I might serve. But I wanted to be a part of something big that God was doing. Because I, I felt like if God's doing it, it's not going to end up being small. If he's talking about taking the gospel to the whole world, that's a pretty big thing. Hmm. You know, that actually leads pretty good into another question which I had for you. And, and that is, um, and I guess thinking specifically about, you know, when you were serving overseas, but, but even, even now, um, what would you say is the, the thing that, you are is the best thing that you can spend your time on and, and let me kind of give a little preamble to that mm-hmm. i, I uh, when i was 
several years ago, I really went on a time management kick. And so I, I was just really finding, you know, I, I knew I could be more productive than what I was at that time. So I just went searching for, for anything and everything that would uh, be able to help me become more productive with my time and really make the biggest impact. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I kind of realized was, you know, the one of the most important things for me was to, to figure out and invest my time on what was making the biggest impact. You know, it wasn't just about how to manage my time, but it was about investing my time in the things that mattered most. And so for you, you know, yeah. what, what are those? No, 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 no question. Disciple making. That's it. Hmm. What does that mean though? Like, so disciple making, you know, Okay, yeah, that, you know, we all believe in disciple-making, but what does that actually yeah, mean? Like, how do you invest is, your time yeah, in yeah, we all believe that, That's the thing. We all believe in it, but the thing is, are we committed to it? Mm-hmm. You know, and does, does my, my time and my energy reflect that that is a priority in my life? Uh, I'll give you an example. Um, during the years that we were in Mexico, for nine years, I taught uh, in the um, Mexican Baptist Seminary there in Mexico City. And I would always challenge my students to do an analysis of what were, what were their churches really and truly focusing on. And when they would do this analysis, and it would be a pretty long project over the course of the semester, and they would come back with all the different things they were doing, and if we would, one of the things we would do is we would do an organizational chart of the church. And they would always, because they knew they were in a discipleship course, they'd try to put some little something there. We're also doing discipleship. There'd be a box in their little tree that would say for discipleship. And I'd say, no, but see, the thing is, we don't need it to be just a box off to the side. We need disciple making to be at the center of everything we are doing as a church, because that is the command that we were given. That's the last thing Jesus said to us before he ascended to heaven. Go and make disciples. And here's how you do it, teaching them to, to obey everything I've commanded you, you know, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So, so we, we teach them, we baptize them, we teach them, we baptize them, we teach them, we baptize them. We keep teaching and teaching and teaching and teaching and pouring our lives out into someone. And, and that's what I'm talking about. So, you know, when I, when I think about what have I left behind, the legacy that I want to have left behind will be some spiritual grandchildren and spiritual great grandchildren. Um, some people that I've poured my life out into and they have caught that vision so that they are also making other disciples. To the extent even that when we were working with young people in Mexico, uh, we said, hey, we're not going to give you a certificate just for completing a course. We'll give you recognition when you, when you can show us your spiritual gra- grandchildren. Wow. Um, come and show us your spiritual grandchildren, and that that'll tell us that you're doing the right stuff. And so, spiritual grandchildren, really, someone that you've led to Christ, that person then has led someone else to Christ. That's the spiritual grandchild. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. not just led them to Christ, but teaching them to do the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, I love that. And, and it's funny that you mentioned our, our first priority. Um, just a little plug here, but yeah, our church has a, a book, Christ's Last Command, Our First Priority. And the subtitle is How an Old Downtown Church uh, Became a Resource in a Global Mission Strategy Center. Mm. And so that, you know, that's really what our church has been all about is, is trying to, to make disciples in Montgomery and all over the world. And, um, and, and one of the ways that we've done that 
historically in the last uh, few years is through our GIC, which is our Global Impact Celebration. And we are really excited that the next one is going to be coming uh, February 15th through the 19th, 2017. And uh, you you guys, you and Mom are going to get to be uh, two of our missionaries. They're coming to, to be with us there for, for that event. Um, so thank you for that. Yeah. And, and I, I'm just curious, you know, uh, kind of put us on the other side of the fence here. You know, we're real excited to have you come and participate with us. But what are you hoping to get out of the GIC when you come uh, next February? Um, this is going to be a different one for me because officially I am retired from IMB now, um, and I'm still, you know, in my own transition of you know what does life look like after being involved with uh, such a large organization. Um, and so, to be real honest, um, I'm I'm hoping to garner a whole lot of prayer support um, and uh, uh, some some folks that perhaps will be able to help me uh, get my next phase of ministry uh, focused. Um, my my real purpose has not changed. You know, my my heart for the nations has not changed, but my participation in it, uh, how I'm working in it, is changing. Um, I still have the same purpose in my life of wanting to help people grow as effective leaders. And I want to help people discover their own purpose in life, which I love the theme of your GIC because that, that is right in line with my personal purpose statement that, mm. that I want to help people to grow as effective leaders by discovering uh, their own purpose in life and pursuing it passionately. And, and then I also want to, to, to help them to grow as servant stewards, uh, to live and to live to live and to live out their life, and and to lead um, based on principles that are both biblically based and practical. And so, right. uh, what I hope personally to get out of the GIC is uh, some 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 help in that direction, some support, some prayer support primarily. Um, some encouragement in that. Um, I know that what always happens in these GICs, we come and, you know, uh, we are there to share our stories and to encourage the church to be participating in global missions, but we always benefit, I think, more from it than, than anyone else. Those of us that are invited to come, we benefit from it more than anyone. Oh, that's awesome. Well, we'll definitely hope to to not let this one be an exception to that. We'll we'll hope yeah. to to bless you immensely through your coming. And um, you, you actually answered my my last question. Uh, I wanted to always end the question with uh, this podcast with the question, "What is your purpose?" And I think you lay that out really really clearly. It's just to help grow effective leaders and to train them. And so, yeah. um, thank you for doing that. So the uh, and and you you mentioned something else too, which is just. Uh, to pursue and, and interesting to use that word specifically because as part of our GIC, we're going to have the pursue conference, mm. which is uh, kind of a conference inside of a conference. It's a lot of fun, but our state board of missions uh, student ministry department is going to be putting on the pursue conference here at our church. Uh, so excited that we're going to get to be a part of it because uh, all the, all the missionaries that are as here as a part of this global impact celebration are also going to be participating in that pursue conference. It's going to be open to, to members of first Baptist for them to participate as well. And hear speakers breakouts. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, we, uh, we did that, you know, at your last GIC, I was thrilled to be a part of that with those students and to see their enthusiasm and, and, for, for, and the questions that they had. And, um, 
Uh, I'm really, really excited about being a part of that again with them to uh, challenge them. One of the things we'll be challenging them to this time, Brian, is to say broaden your horizons and look at every possible way that you have to go. Uh, you know, IMB is, is definitely one way to go. Journeyman program is a great way to go, and there are other programs that you can go through IMB. But even as IMB for us to be saying now, you know, we can't fund absolutely everybody. Some people are going to have to go on someone else's ticket. Mm. And uh, we'll, be, we'll be excited about helping people explore what are all those possibilities for how you might be participating in the global mission uh, enterprise. Exactly. And then and for some people, even just not even with another organization, but just, you know, living life, yeah. you know, going as doctors or engineers and just living life, but at the same time, living it intentionally or, with purpose. Or studying abroad, you know, hey, or, there you, go. Uh, you know, or just getting getting hooked up with any international organization that might give you an opportunity to to live and work overseas. That's it. Well, listen, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for being our first uh, victim, I'm, I mean guest. <laughs> and, uh, it's been a lot of fun, so I appreciate it, and we're looking forward to having you for our GIC. Thank you, Brian. Thanks for listening to The Purpose Podcast. For more information, please visit thepurposepodcast.com.